Welcome, Bird Gang. On today's show, that's a wrap. Cards Camp 2021 is done. Still one more preseason game, though. So, what can we expect to see Saturday in New Orleans? It's Cardinals Cover 2, episode 458, and it starts now. Welcome to Cardinals Cover 2 with Craig Grealoux and Mike Jarecki. Cardinals Cover 2 is presented by Hyundai, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals, and by Arizona Cardinals Podcasts. Visit azcardinals.com slash podcasts. Going for Hopkins, one-handed catch and a touchdown! DeAndre Hopkins! Here's Craig Grealoux and Mike Jarecki. How about that, MJ? Some definitive answers to everyone's favorite question, and that question all preseason. Is Kyler Murray going to play? How much is Kyler Murray going to play? Well, we have an answer for you, Bird Gang. The answer is Kyler Murray won't play in the preseason finale against the Saints on Saturday. And there is, I'm sure, some people that will be disappointed in that. I'm not one of them. I've seen enough of Kyler Murray, especially what we've seen out of practice. It's just not worth the risk. And, you know, in previous years, you had that fourth preseason game and basically half the starters, if not the entire starters on both sides of the ball, wouldn't even have their shoulder pads on. Um, But, again, it's just not worth the risk. And he is stacked back-to-back days when it comes to, you know, this offense. Uh, You know, as Cliff pointed out early in camp, he knows the offense like the back of his hand. And now you're starting to see the, the entire offense as a whole um, you know, I, I guess the only thing I'll tell you, don't be disappointed he didn't. he's not playing on Saturday, but make sure you tune in on September 12th when they, they line up against the Tennessee Titans. According to Kingsbury, Murray is, quotes, ready to go as far as the regular season. He doesn't need any more preseason reps. And even earlier in the week, Kingsbury brought that up, that he didn't need to see any more out of Murray, at least in a game-like setting. Although, remember, a week ago against the Chiefs, and I'll put myself in that category, did not like what I saw. Even if it was preseason, you should be able to execute. You should be able to gain 10 yards for a first down, and Murray and that first-team offense did not on three consecutive drives. In fact, they went backwards, minus one yard. But that was last week. This is this week, and right now everyone is just getting or hoping to get through this weekend and then focus on the regular season. Yeah, and, you know, we mentioned on the previous Cards Cover 2 just just how much his team accomplished over the last month or so. And, you know, you look at the, some of the surprise for, I think, both of us. Marco Wilson really inserted himself. A.J. Green, you didn't know what to expect. Now, clearly, we're going to judge these guys what they do in the season, but um, I thought they got better as a football team since the spring. Um, you can't get enough uh, of, Z- of Zavin Collins in this rookie class where they had rookie minicamp. They had the OTAs. They had the mandatory minicamp. They had a couple preseason games. Again, you're not going to play every single snap, but it's night and day from a year ago. And, you know, when you look at this offense, I think they're ready to start clicking. I know people are thinking, well, still got two more weeks, but they're fine-tuning this offense. And you can see when all their starters are out there, they look really good on paper. I liked what Kingsbury had to say earlier in the week when asked about the offense and did they show improvements this week in practice. And his reaction or his answer, quote, All we had to do was move the ball about a yard forward, and that was improvement. (laughs) 
End quotes. And, yes, a little tongue-in-cheek there because, as we mentioned, Kyler Murray was one of four for two yards, one carry for eight yards. But offensively overall, through three series against the Chiefs, the offense went back here, backwards, minus one yard. But it doesn't sound when you talk with the head coach or even A.J. Green, who addressed the media earlier in the week, that there is any concern with respects to how this offense is going to look or be able to move the football come the regular season. No, I, I mean that. I think that's why you know I'm, I'm. I got the impression they have enough leadership on that team, and when you go out there, you got to compete, and they got pride. So I think they're. You know, he didn't have to have a, you know, a speech. He relies on his leadership in that locker room to kind of police the locker room, and they've had good practices this week. So that's good. You just don't. You know, you're always curious. You know, when they get a couple of days off, how they're going to respond. Um, and they didn't play particularly well as a unit, but I think that, you know, based on practice this week and the open portion and some of the interviews we've had a chance to uh, listen to, I feel like they made progress. So Kyler Murray is not going to play. And again, the preseason finale coming up this Saturday, Cardinals at the Saints, 5 p.m. kickoff, 1.30 p.m. pregame coverage begins. It is the final game of the exhibition schedule. So if the starters are not expected to play or if they do, they likely won't be on the field for very long. But there are two starters that I do hope we see on the football field, even if it is for one series or maybe two series. For me, MJ, Zayvon Collins and Isaiah Simmons, they do need reps. And for me, reps outweigh the risk of injury for those two young players. Yeah, and, and hopefully, you know, they can, it, depending on, you know, this, what the Saints are going to do with their quarterback, I got to think Tyson Hill, if, if we, Jameis Winston's a starter, they're going to see him. I wouldn't have him play a ton. I mean, I would have a couple possessions because, you know, at the end of the day, um, it's not worth the risk, and you want to you want to see guys like Zeke Turner and Tanner Vallejo and Evan Weaver, you know, kind of get some opportunities. And for Weaver, he's got to you know appear on some film, uh, whether he's going to be a practice squad player or not, just to, just to keep the the flow going, the momentum with those two on the field. You know, I. I I wouldn't play him a ton, though. I just want to see him get more comfortable. He said he's comfortable calling the defense and understanding what offenses are doing. I just think even with a full offseason, Isaiah Simmons didn't have that a year ago, but a full offseason, a full training camp, it's maybe selfish on my part, but you're a first-round draft pick. You're the quarterback of that defense. All eyes are going to be on you. You had damn well better be ready. And in order to be ready, you have to get ready, and that means playing football. Yeah, and, and I think he's got a ton of reps in training camp. I mean, he's running with the starters. I mean, I'm not – like I said, if he doesn't play, it's, it's not a big deal for me. I just know that, you know, having Jordan Hicks next to him – it really helped the transition for him being the, the single caller. So, um, again, if I'm sure all these guys feel like, you know what, if I can go out there and get some valuable reps, I'm all for it. it again, it's, it's the risk thing. I don't want to see anybody get hurt, and that's the main thing coming out of the game on Saturday. Collins told the media earlier on Thursday with respects to calling the defense, it's a big, huge working puzzle and right now he believes he's fine-tuning things and you just don't want any pieces to that puzzle to be lost and I don't think we're at that stage in fact I think we're far away from that stage but and again I don't know how many pieces to this puzzle there are considering some of the exotic 
defenses and maybe some of those calls from the sideline. Maybe this is a thousand-piece puzzle and that David Collins is little by little finding every little spot where it needs to be put together to form this defense that, at least on paper, should be, I would think, top 15, maybe even top 10, based off the additions they made in the offseason and then everyone going into year three that is returning under this defense. Yeah, I think it's like 15-piece <laughs> – because you're only going to play 15 players on defense. You just got to find out where they all are. Now, when you look at the uh, install and the, I guess, the defense is complex if you haven't played in it in the past. So, yeah, but I think it's just more about moving chess pieces around. And, you know, it, it was interesting when he addressed the media on Thursday where he was kind of critical of himself. And, you know, like he said at the end of the day, really football is about blocking and tackling. And he said they really worked on tackling their technique, keeping your eyes up, bending your hips or your knees. So, again, accountability. But he said when he went back and watched the film, it wasn't as bad as he initially thought. And that happens a lot. You may have a bad practice. You leave, you go to the hotel, and you're in a meeting. You're like, man, it wasn't as bad as I thought. So that's, that's encouraging to me because, to me, it's not going to be perfect, but he's striving for perfection. And working on tackling is not easy because you are not tackling guys to the ground. Yeah, you can wrap up a heavy bag, but that heavy bag's not moving. And it becomes a lot more difficult in a preseason game, a regular season setting, when someone is coming at you full speed and then has the ability to move laterally or change direction and you're not ready for it. So I do think you're going to still see a lot of growing pains initially. But from week one to week two, just a little bit of progress from Zayvon Collins. Because remember, when you're a first-round draft pick, it's not just about one season. And when you are a first-round draft pick, it's hopefully it's multiple seasons, 8, 9, 10, 12 seasons that you have invested in this player or you hope to get out of a player. And I think long-term, what Zayvon Collins has done so far is only going to benefit him moving forward down the line. Yeah, I mean, considering, you know, where he went to school and the fact is, you know, when, when it came to the combine and the measurables, uh, you could see teams started taking a liking to him. So, I mean, yeah, he's, he should have a bright career. And, and the fact is it's not too big for him. Like, you, you wonder, wow, they anointed him after the first round, basically when they made the pick. And here he's making all the calls, and he really – it's not too big for him. He is responsible for getting the other 10 teammates on that defense in the right position. And so far, so good with Zayvon Collins, at least through two preseason games. We'll see if there is a third preseason game. I hope so, but uh, it would not surprise me, Bird Gang, if we don't see Zayvon Collins on the football field. Sticking with the defense, I would also hope, MJ, that we see some of those young defensive linemen. Yes, Michael Dogby, I would expect to play. We're not going to see J.J. Watt. We're not going to see Jordan Phillips, who remains on the reserve COVID-19 list, though a according to Kingsbury, is expected to be off that list next week when the team is back in Tempe. I don't think Zach Allen is going to play. Don't think Corey Peters is going to play. But Lucky Fotu and Richard Lawrence, and I know the latter, Lawrence just returned to practice a couple of days ago. I would, just me personally, like to see Lawrence on the field, much like Zayvon Collins and Isaiah Simmons, for a series or two to knock the rust off. And I do think Lucky Foto needs some reps as well. 
Yes, they got a lot of work a year ago, but this is year two for them. Let's see how they operate. Now, I say all this, Bergang, knowing full well that there is probably a 95% chance we don't see those two players on the field against the Saints. But for me, I do think reps are valuable, considering we're talking about Lawrence and Fotu, the 2020 rookie class, MJ, that did not have an offseason a year ago. Yeah, you got a lot of requests. You got a, yes, I do. you yes. got, a, you got a wish list. Can we send this to the coaching staff in the front office? I would like to see this. I would like to see this. <laughs> hey, there's nothing wrong with wishing. It's just, does the wish come true? My guess is it's not going to come true, but okay. it doesn't hurt to no, wish. No, I get you. I get you. I'm just – it's the last preseason game. I'm just like, okay, nobody get hurt. Fly there. Hopefully you guys can go out and get some gumbo. I mean, you know, just let's just get through the preseason. But I do agree about Rashard Lawrence and, and Lucky Foe too. Now, you know, they still have Marcus Hunt. They still have Michael Dogby. They still have Josh Morrow. Um, but, I, you know, no J.J. Watt, no Corey Peters. Uh, as you mentioned, uh, Phillips and Hugh should be off COVID starting on Monday. So, you know, I want to see Tay Gowan. I want to see, you know, the safety position. You know, I was talking to someone earlier and I asked, you know, what would you take the over and under on claim players? I started at two and a half and they gave me that down. So one and a half. But Cardinals, because no preseason last year, they didn't claim a single player. They felt comfortable with guys like Jonathan Ward who came in. I still think tight end, I think they like the three they got. And Ross Travis, to me, is a viable option. Safety, you know, after the top four, we can debate who's going to be here. And then probably another offensive lineman if he's out there. Just to add to the mix, again, they're probably going to keep nine or ten. So, they're, again, they're, the waiver claim is 16th overall. Um, obviously, Jacksonville has they're going to they're going to up they're going to turn that roster over like Houston did. So they get the first claim in every every player that's released. But I do think you know, the Cardinals. So whatever the 53 is, we could see a little change between that and the first practice. Looking ahead to the Titans a couple weeks from now. Um, no, I mean Chris Banjo's going to be out. So you got Sean Williams, you got James uh, Wiggins, and then you got some other corners out there. You know, I don't think we're going to see Alford. Obviously, he can't. Uh, I wouldn't play Murphy. I wouldn't play Malcolm Butler. Uh, but again, I I do agree about Collins and Simmons. I just don't want them to log a lot of snaps, and because you know they they, I mean they have a GPS. They were on their, it's in their um, like their. It's vast. So they know how many reps these guys are doing, how much, you know, because offensive linemen probably lose six, seven, eight pounds a day in practice. So, um, and, you know, you don't want to make sure they're overly used. But, again, if they go out there and play, you know, six to ten snaps, I I think it's beneficial. But at the end of the day, it's not worth the risk of any injuries. Quick updates. Robert Alford, yes, is in COVID protocols. Kingsbury, though, said Alford was vaccinated. So how long Alford is out will just kind of determine on how he feels as far as symptoms. Can he get back-to-back negative tests and come back sooner? So, And I'm one of those guys that didn't care if Alford play at all in the preseason because I want to hit fast forward to get him to the regular season for the first time in three seasons. We're close. So we're we're getting very, very close. And that's one guy, as much as we talked about Alford 
leading into training camp and the early portion of training camp because he was all over the field, and I think he was really excited to be back on the football field. We haven't talked a lot about him. I mean, it's hard to talk about all these players during the course of four weeks, but that is someone that hasn't gotten a lot of attention over the last, I'd say, two and a half, three weeks. Well, and I think that's because you brought in Malcolm Butler, and he's a guy that's been established, and then Byron Murphy, it's, you know, the coaches have made it very clear he's the number one corner. And then the development of Marco Wilson. So, but again, it's a good thing that we're not saying, oh, Robert Alford can't cover A.J. Green in practice. He can't even stick with uh, Rondell Moore or Christian Kirk. So that's a good thing. And for him, I'm sure every night he went to bed thinking, I just got to get to the season because he's definitely going to help him. When teams go 11 personnel, he's going to be on the field. And he's physical at the point of attack. You brought up the prospects of the team looking at the waiver wire as far as claiming and position number 16. Now, when you claim someone, you are claiming them not only for week one, but the first three weeks of the regular season. So you you had better really like that player at that particular position because he's on your roster for three weeks. Now, it doesn't mean he has to be active on game day, right? but he has to be on your 53-man roster. Uh, what about wide receiver? If there is a surprise at wide receiver, do you see someone claiming, especially if it's a wide receiver that is above six feet tall because they don't have a lot of height at the wide receiver position? What about running back outside of James Connor and Chase Edmonds, or are they happy with what they've got with Eno Benjamin and Jonathan Ward? And you got uh, Tevin Feaster in there. He could be a prior squad guy. Uh, again, I, I just think that, you know, if healthy, uh, you know, They'll keep six wide receivers. Isabella's going to be the six. But I, I think, you know, there's been at least three or four guys. You know, Dordich is stuck, stuck, uh, stuck out Wesley, um, Bacelli. Um, so I, I do think – I don't think that's a position to need as long as they can stay healthy. But I do think they'll squeeze some of those guys or try to put them on the practice squad. But you're right. And the Cardinals didn't claim a single player last year. Uh, just because it wasn't a preseason. And, and maybe it was when it came to the undrafted free agent class and they wanted this guy and he decided to go somewhere else and he's available. That, that tells me that they have some interest, but it, they weren't able. Maybe it was a numbers game. Just like Tony Jefferson, when he was undrafted, they let Kerry Rhodes go. Um, they let Adrian Wilson go, and he picked that team and he eventually made it as an undrafted free agent. So it's not a guarantee, um, but I do think that they'll they'll take a look at the list. And you're right. To me, when you bring in a wide receiver, Craig, this offense, I mean, first of all, you got to learn the offense. And you know this because we talk about it all the time. It's all predicated on the defense. You have to change your route. So I don't think somebody can come here overnight and take one of those six spots. Yeah, it's a fair point. They would have to have somewhat – like a guy that played at Texas Tech like Wesley. Yeah, and that would certainly help. Or if you're willing to claim a player, whether it's a wide receiver or not, and then just make him inactive for three weeks, and then hopefully you know yeah. you can do what you want after that. But, yeah, there is a lot of gamesmanship. There is a lot of trying to figure out how we can squeeze certain players that the Cardinals like through waivers onto the practice squad, and every team is dealing with this as far as, oh, you know, we can't afford to let this guy go because he might get claimed. Well, every team is saying that about maybe, what, 10 players, and then you try to figure yeah. out who might be available to get back on the practice squad. And, and then this year, you know, the Cardinals have scouts at these games. I'm sure they're obviously advanced scouting on their first four opponents. 
Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, Kylie fits to me. It, he's going to be an interesting because I, I do think that they really like uh, Victor Demokeji. Demokeji. Demokeji, thank you. Um, I think they like him, and he's a younger player. He's got more upside. Um, you know, but Kylie Fitz would be a perfect guy to go play special teams somewhere, and he provides some depth, you know, sets the edge. So it wouldn't surprise me if the Cardinals do have a veteran player claimed. I don't think when it comes to the young players, you'll see those guys claimed. Bird Gang, if you like what you hear, we invite you to subscribe to Arizona Cardinals Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and Stitcher. Listen to your favorite shows on the go like Cardinals Underground, the Big Red Raids, the Cardinals Red Sea Report, the Dave Pash Podcast, and, of course, this show, Cardinals Cover 2. Just go to azcardinals.com slash podcast for more information. Speaking of the Dave Pash Podcast, great interview this week with ESPN analyst Mina Kimes and Arizona Products. She went to Mesquite High School in Gilbert for a few years and certainly has done a wonderful job at ESPN. Some great thoughts from her on what she thinks of this offense, Kyler Murray and Rondell Moore. Yeah, I mean, her, her profile's been raised and she's into analytics and all that. The only thing is she's a Seahawks fan. Yes, yes, she is. And but that's okay. She, but she's a Seattle fan, too, of all That's sports. true. Mariners, exactly. No, I listen, I, I think I mentioned it prior I really like that NFL live show. I mean, it's it's. I mean, they got good analysts on there. They break it down, and it's not like they're just talking about the same teams. If somebody's, you know, playing well, like AJ Green, they talk about it. So I like it. But uh, yeah, Mina Kimes, I she's a great follow too. Very uh, very witty on Twitter. Let's continue to break down this preseason finale coming up on Saturday. Again, 5 p.m. is the kickoff. 1.30 p.m. pregame coverage begins as we talk about it here on Cardinals Cover 2, presented by Hyundai, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals. Going to go back to my wish list as we kind of slide over to the offense <laughs> without Kyler Murray on the field. How about Justin Murray and or Brian Winters, if for no other reason to knock some of the rust off, to see those two on the field for a series or two. Sign me up. Oh, whoa, 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 whoa. Okay, you're yeah. all right with that, but the other guys maybe no, not No, because so these other guys okay. have been here and played more than <laughs> these guys have just arrived. I mean, they've been hurt. Uh, they had no problem sticking Murray in there at left guard because Pew's out until Monday. Yeah, I mean – Winners, they need they need reps. These guys, the, the, if you want to look at the GPS in the log when it comes to snaps, they're way down on the list. So yeah, I I agree with that. It's just the other guys that you mentioned. I'm like, eh, it's 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 the fourth preseason game, Craig. All right, what about Josh Jones? Have you seen enough out of him, or does he get some more reps? Not with the first team well, offensive line. I don't know if Rodney Hudson's going to play. I don't know if DJ Humphrey. I wouldn't is going play those play. guys. Calvin Beecham wouldn't play him. All right. Um, Josh Jones, yes, just because now if you in in your scenario, which I agree with, if you have Murray at left guard and you have winners at right guard, uh, you know, Josh Miles could be your left tackle, and then maybe you look at Josh Jones just to give him a little look at right tackle, you know. So yeah, I, I agree with that. Um, but right now, if he's a starter again, I, he's he's played a lot of snaps in practice, but I, I get it. I mean, to me. Show that versatility because we know that Murray and Winters haven't had a ton of reps. They haven't played in the preseason yet. So, to me, you can use some flexibility and slide them out to the outside. And you could also do that with Justin Murray as far as getting yeah. some reps at guard and at tackle. If True. You hope that he becomes that swing tackle if he doesn't become the starting right guard. And, again, Justin Pugh 
is not going to play this weekend. He and Jordan Phillips both expected back on Monday if they have spent some time on the reserve COVID-19 list. All right, so that's the offensive line. We know Jonathan Ward and Eno Benjamin are going to carry the ball a ton. In fact, we might not even see Chase Edmonds or James Conner on the field. Ward and Benjamin maybe split carries in the first half, and then that second-half action becomes a lot of Tavian Feaster. He is the fifth running back in that room, but Kingsbury did bring up earlier in the week, MJ, that for Ward and Benjamin, they're going to get the most carries that they have had in the NFL since going back to their college days. So to me, I don't know, maybe maybe Ward and Benjamin, you know, split quarters or split halves just to get them, see what they can do when the ball is in their hands. Now, not expecting them to get a lot of carries in the regular season unless there's an injury, but to help them get some reps and, of course, put some film out there for the Cardinals to see. Yeah, I, I would definitely play, you know, Eno and Jonathan Ward maybe in the first quarter. But like you said, maybe they'll each get quarters. Maybe you alternate every third or fourth possession. Um, but, but also when you get to the fourth quarter, it's going to have to be the fifth string running back. And that would be Feaster. Yeah. I mean, he he's going to be William Powell. <laughs> the guy who carries the ball a ton and to get that keep that clock ticking down yeah. to uh, triple zeros. Yeah. But I, I I agree and and listen according to Kingsbury that the uh, you know the running back position after Connor excuse me and Edmonds still competition but I I just think Jonathan Ward has more upside he's very similar to both Chase and Connor and he's really involved in a lot of different special teams now I'll give uh, Eno a lot of credit because he's made strides this off season he's made strides in training camp he's looked good in preseason games. So it's really a numbers game, but I do think they'll keep four. We'll see what they do on game day, maybe only dress three. Quick notes on James Conner. He was made available to the media on Thursday, and one of the topics that came out of that conversation was his pass-catching ability. He was not asked to be a part of the passing game a ton with the Steelers. He did have 50-plus catches his Pro Bowl season in 2018, but Le'Veon Bell was not around that year. But in 2019 and 2020, it was 30-plus catches. I don't know if he'll reach that 30 mark here with the Arizona Cardinals, especially with Chase Edmonds. Seems to be a little bit ahead of the game when you look at those two as far as who is a better catcher out of the backfield. I'll say this, though. Kingsbury brought it up as well, and I've noticed it. But James Conner catches the ball better than what we thought maybe anticipated, and that's not having watched a ton of Steelers film over the last several years. But that is an aspect of James Conner's game that he believes is under the radar, as he said, quote, I'm a football player. I can do more than just run the ball. I think he's very fluid uh, when he's catching passes, um, whether it's from the quarterbacks and the gauntlet trail or he's catching it from the running backs coach, James Sexton. So, um, yeah, I mean, I – I just don't know when when you start tallying up all the targets and touches. I mean, he's got to be number six or seven. But this this to me th- tells me that maybe you can have Chase and Connor on the field together in the backfield, and then one goes out to maybe that wheelhouse route because now it's basically you're getting a linebacker or a corner on you, and you got to like that matchup. And, you know, Connor, when they signed him and he had the press conference and he was in his Cardinals pull, I'm like, he doesn't look very big, but he's still 6'2", what, 222 or 233? So he, he's got a good size, and I'm just looking forward when the Cardinals get to their two- or four-minute offense where you just give him hit the ball 
and, and try to run downhill. The other reason that with Connor being able to catch the ball, it doesn't signal anything to the defense. If you have Edmonds in the backfield, okay, you have to be ready for the run and the pass. James Connor in the backfield, well, maybe you just concentrate on the run. If he can show that ability to catch the ball, then the defense has to stay honest. And then if you have both of them on the field at the same time, yeah, maybe all eyes will look towards number two to get that pass. But I do think James Connor might be that sneaky weapon as far as a running or excuse me, as far as a running back who can catch the ball out of the backfield. Again, I don't know how many targets, how many receptions, because there are a lot of weapons, especially in the wide receiver room. Don't forget about Max Williams, but his ability to catch the ball, I think, does kind of make things to where, well, if we see one guy, we're anticipating one thing. If we see the other guy, we're anticipating the other thing. That's if you're an offense and you don't like tendencies, that can eliminate that tendency. Yeah, but I'm definitely throwing to Chase more than I'm throwing to Connor. I know what you're saying, but the fact is that he did show that he can catch a ball. So, in other words, you're not tipping your hand when he's in the game. This, oh, they're going to hand it off because the guy's six foot two, over 222 pounds. And, you know, again, I thought in the last game he could have hit the hole. It looks like he was trying to dance, maybe protect himself. But he's a downhill runner, and that will only help. Um, but, again, I, I have been impressed the way he catches the football. You can tell if guys are natural or not. He's very natural at catching the football. Yeah, he does have good hands, and that's been made crystal clear from the head coach and, of course, during the open portion of practices as well. All right, the one player that we have not touched on here as we look ahead to the preseason finale, Cardinals at the Saints. And, by the way, it's isn't it odd that uh, this is the preseason finale and the Cardinals are not traveling to Denver or hosting the Broncos? In fact, MJ, this little-known fact, dating back to 2004, this marks just the third time the Cardinals faced an opponent other than the Denver Broncos in the preseason finale. 2010, it was a home game against Washington. 2014, they were on the road at the San Diego Chargers, the then San Diego Chargers. But certainly with the schedule change and only three preseason games, you can do more of this. It doesn't have to be the Broncos all the time. No, I mean, but, you know, it's a scenario where proximity – Usually, if you're playing a team, you don't really play them in the preseason. Though the Cardinals are going to play the Cowboys late in the year, so yeah, I mean, I, I just think next year with two um, road preseason games, I hope they get a chance to have a joint practice, and that will be dictated on who the opponent would be. Kansas City would be great. Um, they went there before; they got a nice little field house. It was great, uh, great opportunity. So I do think having two preseason games on the road, they'll try to find out a joint practice with another team. All right, I got a little sidetracked on that nugget. And uh, props to StatWiz, Mike Helm, in the Cardinals Media Relations Department. Andy Isabel, that's the player I was referring to. He is expected to make his preseason debut. He has missed up to two weeks, almost 15 days, because of two stints on the reserve COVID-19 list. And that's combined during this entire Cardinals training camp. But this week in practice, head coach Cliff Kingsbury has been impressed by what he's seen out of Isabella, saying that he is, quote, dialed in. Now we'll see if he is dialed in moving from the practice field to the game field. But if there is one particular player to really keep an eye on on offense this weekend, it is Andy Isabella because right now I do think 
to a certain extent, he is fighting for a roster spot. You disagree, which is fine. And then I do think he would like to show and push for that fifth wide receiver spot and move Keyshawn Johnson down the, at least our unofficial, wide receiver depth chart. Of course, that would also predicate him being active on game day, meaning he will have to participate on special teams. So Andy Isabella as a wide receiver on Saturday, MJ. And then also, shoot, send him back there on kickoffs and punt return just to see if he can't handle that as well. Couldn't agree more. And uh, he – Ever since he's been back to practice, he's catching everything. I mean, you, you, you talked to Cliff. He said he's dialed in. And, you know, he, he's just uh, – you can see everyone roots for him. I mean, if he makes a play in practice and, you know, depending on where the players are standing, they'll come and congratulate him. Um, it's hard not to root for Andy Isabella. It's just he's got to put it together and become more consistent. But uh, I still think he's going to make the roster. And, and I like where you're going there. Um, you know, the thing is, Keyshawn Johnson's playing more on special teams, so that probably means he has an advantage to be active. And to me, if something ever happened to Hop or, uh, you know, A.J. Green, you know, you get, you got to have some size out there. We always talk about the Cardinals having these small slot receivers. You need some guys with size on the outside. And the one thing that Isabella does have going for him is his speed. And it is something that, you know, you, you can't, prepare for but in Can't order to teach true and in order for that speed to mean anything you have to catch the ball first and that's been the issue for Isabella as far as being a consistent pass catcher and then how he catches the football don't let it hit him in the chest reach out and go get that football so maybe perhaps you can take off and run not wait for the football make sure you secure it and then try to turn upfield catch it on the run and that I think would go a long way to getting Isabel a little bit more action offensively well I mean I, I give him credit uh, a lot of guys and Larry Fitzgerald was one of these guys he'd have you know one of the trainers or ball boys um throw a ball over his head where he couldn't see the ball but he could feel it and he's on the jugs machine I you know the first couple years I mean I I think he's got short arms so sometimes you're gonna you know those DBs are you know they're trying to grab you and push you away so sometimes you're gonna catch it with your chest but I think he's done a much better job catching with his hands and we know that when he's before he was drafted he had that jugs machine and I think it was his sister that won she was the one putting the ball in there for him so but it's more natural now. But I do think there's times when, because of his short, short arms, he's going to have to catch it in like a basket catch, but bring it in where the ball doesn't get deflected. And be more physical. Don't be afraid yeah. of the contact, especially coming off the line of scrimmage. If you've got a defender right in your face, being able to move him away or get some separation and then use that speed to be able to get open so the quarterback can see you. Well, he's really good over the middle. He's good on those slants. He's good on – I don't know how much we'll see him in the bubble screens because I think that's more Rondell Moore, but it, the slant pass coming out of the slot and, you know, maybe that that um, that that po- po- post play, he, he's very effective. Like, in other words, again, Kyler going through his progressions, 18 or 11 to 19 yards – they they make the throw only one guy can catch it on the sidelines and that's a wide receiver so and he may not get yards after catch but it, you know when he gets a slant in the middle he can take off now, now it's a foot race now the question is who's throwing Andy Isabella the football on Saturday we know Kyler Murray will not play and I'm perfectly fine if Colt McCoy doesn't play just to keep him 
healthy because the backup quarterback keeping him healthy might be the most important thing to happen this weekend to make sure he is available in the event something happens to Kyler Murray. So I'm okay if we don't see Colt McCoy at all. Yeah, I would I would start him just to get because the next time he's going to play is hopefully or in this case you know Murray misses a possession or you know uh, you know something with the equipment or this you know what. I just think give him a quarter and then let Trevler play the rest. And thus, you're just talking about McCoy being out there for the first series Hand with off. with maybe Brian Winters, yeah. maybe Justin Murray, maybe Josh Jones, Max Garcia, some guys that you know just to guys that you know maybe not starting on the offensive line but are going to be yeah. active or in that room come the regular season. No disrespect, uh, but I don't you know I wouldn't put him behind the threes. I mean that's that's Trevler. He goes against the threes so. Yeah, I I just think he's done a good job, and you know I'm sure he's chomping at the bit to get some playing time. It's not like he's putting film out there for another team. He's under contract, but there there could be a player a possession or a game where he's going to have to come in. So I, I think the the more the better for him, and he's really been impressive in camp. Yeah, he has completed 76 percent of his passes. Talking about Colt McCoy through two preseason games. Now, if we see a lot of Chris Strebler, good for him because he needs the work. But I'll say this, and we touched on it earlier in the week here on Cardinals Cover 2, presented by Hyundai, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals, on how much of a pocket passer Strebler has become this training camp. Now, again, there was no offseason a year ago, so not much known as far as what Strebler could and could not do. But I'm not a fan of the quarterback taking off and running when things break down. You've got to be able to stay in there, move your feet laterally up and down as far as in that pocket to gain a little bit more time for your receivers to get open. And Strebler, I think, has worked on that and is throwing a much better football than when he first arrived. Well, I mean, we know the uh, the opposing team has put pressure on the, on the Colt McCoy and uh, you know Chris Strebler. But if the guys aren't getting separation, I mean, he's athletic enough to run. Um, you know, he try to run you over. I agree with you, um, but you can't sit there and just keep patting the ball in the pocket. You got to move out, uh, try to get guys open, try to have guys come back to the route. Uh, but uh, again, if they're not getting separation and he's getting pressured, I got no issue because it's not like he's 180 pounds. He he can take a hit. And that one drive that Strebler got against the Chiefs, it was the fourth quarter and the only touchdown the Cardinals scored. But on that 12-play, 88-yard scoring drive, he went 5 of 6 for 74 yards, including a 20-yard touchdown pass to Ross Travis that was – that was a great catch. Very well done. Earlier on that drive, Travis had a 17-yard reception, but that was a good. That was a great throw and catch. And it's all about putting good tape out there for the Cardinals and for 31 other teams. James Conner brought that up earlier on Thursday because for a lot of those players, especially in the second half, if you're on the field late in the fourth quarter, one, there's a reason. You're likely not going to be an Arizona Cardinal, but there's a possibility that someone else out there looks at it and says, all right, maybe let's claim him, or it's a possibility sometime during the course of the season. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it's possible. Strebler could make the initial 53. I don't see three quarterbacks making this roster. I said initially. I still – I. I cannot see three quarterbacks okay. making well, the initial just, roster. I just because of the issues at the defensive line and a numbers game, I I just I can't see I, it. I have them only keeping two, but I, I can see initially because there could be a team. And and listen, 
Strebler hopefully never plays, but if he does, I mean, I think he's made an improvement. But you still have to have a practice squad guy uh, on the you know run the scout team. But yeah, I keep two. But I'm just saying initially, just because I do think the Ravens would have interest. Uh, I think he's similar to kind of Tyson Hill and, and Lamar Jackson, obviously not the speed and the, and the accuracy, but it's all it takes is one team. But, but, I, like, but I, like I said, I, I, I'm only keeping two on the on the active roster, but it wouldn't surprise me if they try to initially and then cut him before Wednesday. The Taysom Hill comparison that everyone's been making about Chris Traveler is fine if he's your backup quarterback, but if he's not going to be your backup quarterback – it doesn't work because, and I've heard a lot of people say this, you're just not taking Kyler Murray off the field for for any reason whatsoever. No, and that was obvious last year. Um, but the thing about Tyson Hill, he also plays on special teams. Chris Strebler is learning to play on special teams. Now, you wouldn't have him as a backup quarterback playing on teams. But I think he's made – I think he's improved. Um, you can see he's got a better grasp of the offense. They like him. I mean, you'd hate to lose him just because he's he's – they're going to go against multiple quarterbacks this year, and he runs a scout team, and he kind of makes it difficult. And that's where you show you show up sometimes. But I, I agree with you in the in in the end, two quarterbacks on the active roster. Yeah, that's where you keep your fingers crossed, and you hope Strebler clears waivers, and you get him onto the practice squad, continue his development, and also be that scout team quarterback yep. to give your first team defense a look at a mobile quarterback and someone that's not afraid to tuck it and run. And if you get hit, you know, unexpectedly, that's okay. It's not like a red flag goes up because it's Kyler Murray out there running around and all of a sudden someone makes a, a hit on number one. That you don't want to see. No. And, and again, I think he should play at least three quarters. And then, you know, if, like you mentioned, and I think it's a good point, if Winters and Murray are out there and, jo- and Josh Miles and Josh Jones and I don't know if it's Garcia. Max maybe, Garcia is the backup center. Yeah. Then, then I, I would play Colt McCoy. I just don't want him out there with the threes where he's going to take a hit because we know that the Cardinals' opponents have been able to put pressure on the uh, on the quarterback and the offensive line. Again, the preseason finale, Cardinals at the Saints, 5 p.m. kickoff, 1.30 p.m. pregame coverage begins on the Arizona Cardinals radio network. And then two weeks before the starts of the regular season on September 12th, and there'll be a lot of shuffling next week. We'll get into that final 53-man roster. But, MJ, this is it. Cards Camp 2021 is over with, and I'll say, one, a special thanks to everyone in the media relations department, Mark Dalton, Chris Melvin, Mike Helm, Chase Russell, and Imani Suber. But uh, I'll give props as well. I love this Loft 301 that we've been broadcasting from here during Cardinals Training Camp powered by Cox. Uh, I did not get my wish as we go back to that theme throughout this entire episode. Uh, We will not be broadcasting from here during the regular season. But it was a wish. It was a great setup. And, you know, we're we're not in anybody's way. We do our thing. We work out of here and guy Jim Omohundro is able to get the podcast uh you know done and posted so special thanks to him I don't know if he, people realize how much he does for the digital side in our department so it's always nice to have him here with us it is certainly going to be fun to get back to normal so to speak but it has been a great experience here at State Farm Stadium for I think it was 21 or 22 total practices including I think maybe five or six padded practices yeah and you're allowed I think it's seven over. Maybe they did have a full seven. I, I'd, yeah. I'd have to go back. I think they used it, but it's different. But I still like when they do one-on-one drills. Again, I could put your number one corner on the number one wide receiver where you don't really get that in the preseason. How about this? Let's reserve this lot three or 
Loft 301. Loft 301 for next year. Okay. And if we keep doing it, if we're spending enough time in here, maybe they just, you know, gift it to us for the regular season or perhaps when the Super Bowl arrives here. <laughs> Again, MJ, there's you, nothing you, wrong with wishing. You know, it's also dreaming is free. There you go. Maybe that's what better, you know, that's better you, said. You it's know, a dream. You know, you know what they would tell us? Keep walking. Yes. Stay in your lane. <laughs> keep your head down. Do what you're told. Bird Gang, the preseason finale again coming your way this Saturday. And then next week, the 53-man roster will be set in the practice squad as well next Tuesday and Wednesday. On that note, let's put a lid on this edition of Cardinals Cover 2 presented by Hyundai, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals. As always, special thanks to our executive producer, Jim Omohundro. For Mike Gurecki, I'm Craig Riolu. One last time here from Loft 301. We'll talk to you next time here on Cardinals Cover 2.